Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. From Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 568 of Cognitive Dissonance, Cecil. And you know, I gotta say... Kind of some good news this week, man. Yeah. $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Yeah, yeah. The massive, massive stimulus package. And it, it's, a, I think it's a really deeply fucking important stimulus package. And it differs from the last stimulus package in incredibly, like, important ways that, that really aim to get at the poverty crisis right, right. in America. right. Right, and I—I I mean, the more you read about everything that's embedded in this, the more ho- hopeful Hope? I feel. Yeah, because there's some really big deal shit that was just passed. Yeah, by that I mean, we, yeah, all right, fine. We had to do it through budget reconciliation, and you know, no Republicans voted for it. Even though, incidentally, Cecil, some of the Republicans that did not vote for it because none of them did have still gone out to their constituency and said, relief is coming. There was one dude, there's one dude who took credit for it. One of the fucking Republicans, one of the Republicans who voted against it said, don't worry, your relief is coming. This is going to help so many different people. And people called him out. We're like, you didn't fucking vote for it, you asshole. There's been a couple, there's been a couple that have, that have gone back to their constituency as if they were, yeah, a positive part, like all of you, you it's party line it. vote. Yeah, you didn't fucking 51, do it. 50. It's 100% party line every single time it's party line. It's like fucking ridiculous. Did you see fucking, did you see Kristen Cinema walk up and give the thumbs down the other day to talk about $15 an hour on this? How fucking disrespectful. On that's That's it. That's believable. the level of discourse we're at right now. And that fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene is just pulling all these silly little parliamentary stalling tactics, yeah, just yeah, wasting yeah. people's time. She's not a fucking serious person she at all. She wanted to call the roll on stopping Congress just for a day. She just wanted to stop. She's like, let's just yeah. stop. I call for yep. we stop. And they said- I'm going to vote. Let's vote to adjourn. Yeah, let's and then wait they 45 said, minutes. And then they said, call eyes uh, uh, or nays. And nays clearly had it. And he, she's like, I'd like to call the roll. And then they made him, made her fucking made him call the yep. roll. So you waste 15, 20 minutes of people's time while they fucking have to press the fucking buttons. Yeah. And then she tweeted out something or put out, I think it was a tweet, but she put out something saying like, you know, 74.7% of of my constituents voted to put me here. I work for the people, not the politicians. And it's like, you ran unopposed. Yeah. Like you got 74% of the vote because everybody who, there's nobody else to, there's no other option to click on. 
I'm sorry, but if you fucking run unopposed, you can't be like, well, I fucking look, most people really chose me. There was no one else to choose, you right. fucking default yeah. option. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, that's like being like, oh my God, I'm so happy that of all the people in the world, you fell in love with me. And it's like, well, really? Because it's fucking Armageddon. Yeah, we're the last two people last in the fallout shelter, yeah. asshole. <laughs> we're, that's we're, it. We our mission of Mars crashed, and we're the only two people. So. Right. <laughs> well, still, I you know I just want to say I feel special yeah. about it. Like, get the fuck I out of you, here. I got you this Valentine's card. It says I choo choo choose you. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta say though, fucking mansion and cinema on our side. And that fucking disgusts me. I'm just the fucking, the bullshit that they pulled with this $15 an hour thing. But there has been some good news coming out. And especially when it comes to appointments in the White House, there's been a couple, Merrick Garland, attorney general, yeah. right? So he got- Big news. And, and it was, Tom, it was a, he got 70 votes, which shows you that fucking, if he would have got picked for the fucking Supreme Court, he probably would have been fucking passed through that fucking Supreme Court. He was, he's not a fucking, he's not a crazy radical. Yeah, there, there's no reason to deny. Merrick Garland was chosen specifically by Obama as the Supreme Court appointee because Obama thought he was going to be the appointee most likely to be confirmed, the most moderate, the least yeah. controversial. Yeah, least controversial. Merrick Garland as attorney general is a, is a great pick. He's a great pick because um, he cut his teeth and made his name investigating domestic terrorism after the Oklahoma City bombing. So yeah. that's how his career really got its explosive trajectory, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, no. That might be too soon. That's really yeah. like like what put like the bang in his <laughs> in his career path, you know? He's bringing like, a lot of firepower to this, Tom. <laughs> so it's for sure. Yeah. We're going to get out letters about that. For sure. <laughs> Don't make fun of anything. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the wrong show. Make fun of everything. But, but for real, we're at a place where domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to our union. And uh, so yeah, man. as an yeah, attorney general a. pick, a guy who cut right. his teeth on domestic terrorism yeah. issues as attorney general is the best possible pick. I think it's I think it's great. It's and great. then a couple more, a couple more. Uh, Michael Reagan to head the EPA. He's a former state environmental. Uh, he, he held his former state environmental position and he's got an environmental science and a public administration degree. Okay, Masters and he's in a public Reagan, administration. so he'll be yeah. good with the rivers because they'll trickle down. And he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a Reagan brother from another mother because he's black. So. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, but again, person of color. Yeah. And, you know, that's important. We got, we've, we've not seen a lot. We've, what well, we saw in fucking, what well, we saw in, uh, in the other cabinet with Trump was diversity in the sense that there was a few women, you know, like, right, like yeah. a woman all right, and fine. a black guy. I'll yeah, bring some was ladies all, in yeah. here, but they're going to be white ladies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a black dude who yeah. agreed with you, right. you know, yeah. Ben Carson. So it's, and he wasn't even qualified. So whatever. So yeah, and then ben the next Carson one is the department of, of uh, the HUD guy. And they just replaced it yeah. with uh, Mauricia, Mauricia, I guess, Mauricia Fudge who is a also a woman of color and she was Biden's pick to head HUD. She is confirmed. She's confirmed by the Senate. The con she was on a congressional subcommittee for years of, for housing. 
So she's been on a housing subcommittee for years and she's, she's, she's been doing that stuff forever. So it's like, this is, this is a natural progression for her to be the housing and urban development head. Again, somebody who understands these issues at least. Yeah. At least, at the very least, it's someone who understands these issues. You know, if you have somebody with an MBA or a JD that, you know, they're probably going to do a pretty good job in this, in this position because you don't need a fucking scientist, right? You nope. don't need somebody who's a scientist. Same thing with transportation. They got Buttigieg. You don't need somebody who's like a, a NASA a rocket scientist or an aerospace engineer. What you need is somebody who's a good administrator. Yeah. And you know, right. if you run a, if you run a fucking city, you're probably a good administrator. You probably good. But what the fuck has Ben Carson ever do except for be a doctor? He's not been a, yeah. he hasn't been a senator. No. So yeah. you know well, he, he hasn't been on any of the operating room. Yeah. 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 Like so, the, the only housing is like, well, I don't know. Put the bodies over there. I, yeah. <laughs> I, house them in the morgue if they don't make it out of here. But another person of color, a woman on the on Biden's team. And I think that this is important. Representation matters. And we're seeing more and more the people that he's picking. These are people that are that are qualified and that are diverse. And I think that that's important. It's an important step to make as this White House seems to want to embrace diversity. And one other, one other real interesting pick too is the Secretary of the Interior. Yeah, is the yeah. first Native American and yep. a Native American woman, but the first Native yeah. American. You know, the 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 one of the Secretaries of the Interior under the Trump administration was a guy I actually met at a fundraiser, at a political fundraiser, and I walked away like feeling genuinely disgusted. And that same guy, Zinke. He resigned in disgrace after ethics violations. Yeah. The Department of the Interior is in charge of issues dealing with tribal lands. That's yeah. one of the jurisdictions of the Department of Interior. So the Secretary of fucking Interior is actually somebody who's a first person, like a first yeah. people's Native American. Yeah. Like that's that's fucking that's important. important. It's important. It's fucking important. It's it's, it's just important. decent. Yeah. And then uh, Secretary of Defense is Lloyd Austin, who's a person of color. First person of color in that position. Uh, He's a four-star general, and he's someone who's serving in that position as a person of color. At least that's what I think. He's the first person of color. If someone will call me out on it if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I read that he was the first person of color in that position. So, you know, again, we're looking at representation uh, from a White House that came in saying that diversity matters. And, you know, you know, putting your your money where your mouth is on a lot yeah. of these positions, and these are not small. These are not small potatoes positions. These are these are big positions. These are the big these are the big boys in the big boys and girls in that cabinet. Yep. And the second one more, real quick, because again, the grownups are in charge, right? Who's the fucking educate secretary of education? It was Betsy DeVos before? She's a fucking multi level marketing scheme heiress. That's yeah. what she is. She's a fucking Amway heiress. She yeah. has she had no experience in education at all. At all. None. Now it's a man named Miguel Cardona from Puerto Rico who spent his entire life in education. Yeah. Yeah. Like he spent his entire yep. adult life in education. He was Connecticut's education commissioner. Yeah. That's what he was. That's what his fucking prior job. He was an assistant superintendent. He was a teacher. He spent his entire life, I don't know, doing this exact kind of work. Because that's what it's, you choose. You choose experts, not sycophants. 
Yep. The and that's previous all administration after, was all sycophants. That's all they did. They all, that's all they chose was sycophants. And, and you know, it doesn't mean that these people are going to do a bang-up job either. It's not necessarily that they're going to be uh, the best, the best, uh, do the best job, but they are highly qualified, which is what we didn't have before. And yep. so it's a hope it's a step up in, in the right direction with some of these people. And, and I, I'm, I'm hopeful, like you said, you know, there's reason to hope, you know, can we talk about one of the provisions that um, is a really big deal that's in the stimulus package? Yes, and absolutely. One of the provisions that's getting a lot of attention. It's a really, really big deal is there is an expansion of the child tax credit and the way that they've structured this expansion of the child tax credit mimics a kind of child-based UBI. And this is fun. This is a huge and fundamental shift to the way that we're dealing with poverty in America. It has, according to studies, the, the increase, so a couple of things about it that are interesting, and then I'll tell you what the studies say, but like the, the um, way How that it's it written, the way that it's written is, is going to give, it was going to give monthly payments to people with children. So if you have children and your income is under a certain threshold, you would receive a tax credit equal to a certain dollar amount per child. I think it's $3,600 per child. And then instead of giving you a tax credit at the end of the year, because most of the people who receive this tax credit don't earn enough to actually pay to taxes, get that credit. right? Yeah, yeah. So what they would do is disperse those funds to these people in monthly installments. And that is effectively a form of child-based UBI. And the goal right, yeah. is to eliminate or reduce childhood poverty. An enormous number, an absolutely unsettling, scary number of kids live in poverty still in this country. It's an overwhelming amount of people. It's just an overwhelming amount of really the most vulnerable people in our society live in poverty. And they have no ability to advocate and no agency of their own. This, this could reduce childhood poverty, they said, by between 43 and 50%. It sounds amazing. It's, it's, they're willing to give, they're going to give $3,600 for each kid? Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think it's for, I don't think you get the same amount for each kid. So I think it might graduate down based on how many kids and there's a cap on it. But nonetheless... There, this I think, and I think the total, the maximum value is something like ten thousand dollars a year. But it's ten thousand untaxed dollars a year that go to families that have children in order to help provide food and clothing for fucking kids who it's are awesome. living in grinding fucking poverty. That's awesome! That is so great. That's such a great thing to hear. It's a, and, and the, the effect. I mean, like if we can do this one thing and raise kids forty three to and forty three to fifty percent of kids in poverty would by this measure be removed from poverty within the God course damn. of the year. And here's God a couple damn. of interesting things. No Republicans fought against it. It's really fucking interesting. No Republicans fought against it. And it's one of these kind of entitlements, which I've read a bunch of analysis on this. It's one of these entitlements that once it's in place, the general feeling is that's going to be real hard to remove. So yep. even though it's part yep. of the stimulus plan and it expires technically in a year, there is a strong push by the Democrats to formalize and push that forward so that it just becomes part of our world now. And there is very little Republican opposition to it. Of all the issues that the Republicans have chosen to pull out of the fucking stimulus package and raise a big fuss about, none of them singled out this expanded tax credit for children. None of them. Because they understand implicitly that it's good for 
everyone. Everybody gains from this, both their constituency um, and the Democrats' constituency. Because 86% awesome. of all women have children. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. just, it's a massively powerful part of this stimulus plan that could create for us a new type of social welfare entitlement to use a term nobody likes. But it, it I mean, I don't care what the term is. And it is essentially a, a type of UBI. It's incredibly exciting. It's incredibly yeah, is- exciting. There's too many people in this country living in grinding poverty, and this could really help. They, there were some interviews where people were talking about what this money means in their life, and it's it is literally life changing. It's a light. It, it gives them options they didn't have before. There was a story um, of a woman who had to quit her job because during the pandemic, you know, she needed to help homeschool her kids. When she quit her job voluntarily, she didn't qualify then for unemployment. Yeah. So she had no assistance. So she lost her home. She didn't have money to put food on the table, etc. This kind of thing could enable somebody to keep her job because then she could hire someone to come in and help with the kids. So she can keep her job. She can remain in the workforce. A lot of times the opposition to this sort of thing is that it provides a disincentive, right, for people to work. But that's simply untrue. There are people who need enough help to get that $2 an hour raise, right? There are people who are on the cusp of losing their benefits um, their government benefits if they take that next promotion. Yeah. So they're reluctant to take that promotion or they're reluctant to get that, you know, move from part-time to full-time or whatever. And so they're stuck. They're stuck in the poverty cycle. And this could help break people out of that poverty cycle. It's a really exciting part of the stimulus package and a very progressive part of it. Yeah, very progressive. So-called anti-vaxxers have blanketed social media with misinformation campaigns. Do not have to panic about measles. Do I believe that I'm causing harm by not vaccinating my child? No, I don't. Well, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so this first story comes from SciPost. Studies suggest that the modern anti-vaccine movement is shaped by Christian nationalist ideology. Um, and that's funny, actually, because uh, there, are, there are some people saying that there's no such thing as Christian nationalism. It's actually literally a story that we'll talk about later. But um, so the Christian, the idea of Christian nationalism um, and how it affects the vaccines, basically it's, they were taking a look through the study and saying, well, who's, who's getting the vaccine? Who's most likely or who's least likely to get get the vaccine? And the problem is with this Christian nationalism nonsense is that Christian nationalists are more likely to reject science, feeling that it threatens traditionalism and moral order. They're also yep. more likely to hold libertarian populist attitudes that involve a distrust of the mainstream media's coverage of infectious disease. Finally, Christian nationalism has been affiliated with Donald Trump, who not only yep. fiercely defends the influence of Christianity, but has shared yep. anti-vax rhetoric to millions on Twitter. So when we don't reach herd immunity, when we get to 60% instead of 80%, when we struggle to like push that to the next level— it's going to, you can, you can look and see exactly what this is based on, right? Yep. This is based on themes we've talked about in this show for a long time. It is based on Christians sowing the intentional seeds of distrust in experts. Yep. That yep. is, Abs- that is, and, and, and people like Donald Trump who see a political game and gainsmanship in leveraging that. Yeah. It's a misfiring epistemology, yep. right? You're misfiring. And when you're misfiring your epistemology, everything that comes into contact with that is tainted, right? Because you've built your entire life on a faulty foundation, 
right? Well, so see, so sometimes when I misfire, it does hit the taint. It's, I mean, that's just. I mean, just that you can't avoid it sometimes. What are you going to, that's just. But. If you want to hit the taint, you can go to adamneed.com, <laughs> type in Gloria checkout. You'll get 50% off almost any item, free shipping, and you can, you know, put it where you want. Sometimes in the butt. You know, hey, Gloria checkout, adamneed.com. I got I got to say though, look, seriously, it's but it all it is all connected. Like you're saying that, you know, the foundation for understanding it's a broken worldview and it and it connects all these other things. It connects the urban legends. It connects the conspiracy theories. It connects the Christian nationalists. It connects the anti-vax movement. It connects fucking woo doctors. It connects them all. It's a bad foundation to think on and they all share the same thing. You can't deal with reality if you don't accept it and it's always filtered by this sort of terrible misinformation that they're fed and they're fed it by Trump and they're fed it by their preacher. And they're like, look at what we talked about last week. We talked about fucking an entire fucking diocese of the Catholic church saying, sorry, that has stem cells in it. You can't have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at this Crazy. other story you're talking about when you're talking about, there's another story from the New York post. Atheists are more likely to get vaccinated says survey. Yeah. Because we have tested fucking these things out. And we said, you know what? This is repeatable. This is testable. We did it. 90%. They're saying over 90% of atheists asked in a poll would get fucking vaccinated versus this other group that is literally not just not just not going to get it, Tom. They will fucking line up and yell at you when you get it like you're yep. at an abortion clinic. Yeah, these they are the fucking idiots who are standing outside. It. Yeah. Yep. These are the guys protesting yep. the only thing that's going to end this national yep. nightmare. We're yep. international nightmare. Yep. We're in the midst of a fucking crisis and there are people standing around with signs like, no, we want more crisis. Yes, 100%. And the thing is, you have to understand, imagine whenever we say anti-vax, what we don't mean is that they just won't vaccinate. They won't vaccinate and they're vocal and they want to stop you. Yep. That's what an anti-vaxxer is. That's totally different than just somebody who's like, I don't know, man, maybe I won't do it, but I'm, I'm just going to keep it to myself or whatever. That's right. a different person. That's not an anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer is vocal, loud. They're on Facebook. They're screaming at you. They're telling you you're fucking run by the, they're saying you're going to put a microchip in your fucking vaccine and whatever the fuck as they type it on their phone. Idiots that they are <laughs> followed around by a microchip right. constantly <laughs> in their phone. They don't give a shit. But seriously, man, these are people that are anti. They are against, and they will fucking try to stop you. There was a whole line, like you said, a whole fucking line of yahoos at like in California, standing outside when these people were coming in their cars, standing outside, and this guy's yelling at this guy in this car who's wearing a mask. He's like, you're wearing a mask. You're an idiot inside a car wearing a mask. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you care so much? And it's because it like hurts their brain. When yep. they get a cognitive dissonance, when they see other people that don't believe the same shit that they believe. Yeah. And they, and they can't, they, they, the thing is like, we're at a place, I think in time that's really unique where our problems are, our problems are definable and solvable through a process, which negates their reality, right? Yep. And yep. so they have to they have to contend with that. And their inability to contend with that means that they just they, they simply reject it. They yep. simply reject it. And they're willing to lie about it, right? They're willing 100%. to be they're, they're willing to be as dishonest because the disinformation comes from someone who knows it's bullshit. Yep. Right? Yep. So I'm not talking about your fucking uncle Bob who shared it, who shared it, who shared yep. it and it hopscotched, right? But somebody wrote it down the first time. All of that shit is nonsense. 
Remember, we covered a story about this guy, that Brendan yep. Dilly guy, who literally says into the camera, yeah. into his live stream, I don't care if I fucking make something up. That's yep. on them to correct it, not on me. That's yep. not on, it's on them. He literally said it out loud True. to all the yeah. people that were watching him. Do you remember like a couple of years ago when we first covered the story of the of the guys who were creating disinformation websites on purpose? Do you remember this? And they they were like they were very upset because like they made like millions of dollars and then their yeah, yeah, business yeah, yeah, yeah. collapsed. Yeah. And there are people whose livelihood is intentionally focused on yep. building disinformation yep. for hire. Yep. Right. They were a Facebook group. They yep. were a Facebook, they yep. were a Facebook page, and they were getting a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month in Facebook ads. Yep. Yep. Building intentional disinformation. You there are places you can hire and say, yeah, I want you to lie about that. You know, I want you to create an information campaign on social media. We covered that too. It was black something. I forgot what it was called. But like you can hire them and they'll just say, Yeah, what's your cause? And we'll just like yeah. and we don't care if it's true or honest. So the world is full of these people, and it and they are more than willing to use incredibly dishonest dishonest tactics in order to convince you and in order to hold on to their worldview, which at this point is not what's landing fucking rovers on Mars, right? Yep. yep. I am not gay. I have relationships with women and sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is from the Friendly Atheist. I forgot this guy existed. Right? Why? Is, of course you would, because you know why you forgot, Tom? Go ahead with the story. Do the, do the title really quick, and then I'll tell you why you forgot. Disgraced bigot Milo Yiannopoulos. I am ex-gay, sodomy-free, and Catholic. Sounds boring. Here's the wow. thing. Here's what I want to tell you, okay? The reason why you haven't heard of him is because he got kicked off all social media. Yeah. That's why you haven't heard from him. Yep. Because, because he fucking got excised because he's a shitty human being who just literally, all he can do is just goad people. That's literally his job. That was yep. literally his job. He went to college campuses all across the country and he goaded people. That's all he did. And, and he reveled in being a provocateur. And he was such a shitty person that they threw him off all the fucking places, especially Twitter, where he was super popular. Yep. And they were just like, great, fuck you. You can't be here anymore. And when they threw him off, you immediately forgot about him. Yep. We were on a stream a couple of months ago and someone mentioned his name and he's like, who the fuck is that? I was on Twitter two months ago and somebody mentioned Milo and it was a parlor thing and I had shared it and someone said, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, that's exactly why. <laughs> yep. That's why we need it. That's why we need people to get fucking yeeted off fucking social media so you don't fucking hear about them anymore and then you fucking forget they exist because they never mattered, they man. They didn't matter. They never nope. mattered. Nope, nope. It is... It is a false fame. Yep. It is always a false fame. It doesn't count for anything. The moment you start, and the thing is like, you don't care about them. That's the thing. You don't care. No matter how much yeah. you don't care. Cause as soon as the bullhorn is yanked from them, you fucking move on to the next thing. You never cared. Yep. You ne never, it cared. was never part of your real emotional yeah. fucking life. You didn't give a shit. You cared because you saw it 10 times a day. Yeah. That's and it. Because you it just reacted to same. shit. And it shared the same hate as you, right? Right. It, it had the same hateful shit that yep. was said over and over and over again. It shared the same yep. hate. And so yeah. you just, you fell in love with it. Yep. This fucking and algorithm. So it was gone and then you yep. forgot about it. Yep. 
The algorithm just puts this rat in your cage. Yep. That's all yep. that fucking happens. So now he wants some fucking attention. He's got his fucking, yeah. man, no one's paid attention to me. What can I do? What can I yeah. do? Yeah. Where's the next, where does the grift lead me next? Right. And he has, and he has on his wall, a big fucking spinny wheel, like wheel of fortune that he just spins <laughs> and he just, it lands on the next thing that he can do. And he landed on conversion therapy this time. And oh, that's yep. what he did. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Now he's a Catholic and he's sodomy free and <laughs> ex-gay. And it's like, well, those things Sounds so boring are not, God. they don't have to be yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so, and, and Catholic. So now, and, now he's just like yeah. racked with guilt all the time of all the, <laughs> of all the things say, though, to choose. One of the reasons why he got canceled oh, even by true. his own side was because he was a pedophile. Yeah, or, or he was supporting he, he, of pedophilia. He was supporting pedophilia. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I don't care, right? I literally don't care. Yeah. So it, whatever it was, it had something to do with pedophilia. I don't remember exactly what it was. But he fits right in with the church. Perfectly yeah, frankly. right. That's They're a, like, hey, that's a, open that's arms. A home away from home. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Milo's one of these few people who constantly reinvents himself and comes up with a worse version every single time. <laughs> like, like, you know, more literally people are like, I'm reinventing myself. And you're like, you are proof of de-evolution. Yeah. You're not even like, you're the worst. Yeah. You're the worst. You're worse than you were before. Somehow you were shitty before. You were shitty racist yeah. asshole. And now you're a fucking shitty racist conversion therapy asshole yep. now. Yep. Like you reinvented yourself worse. Yeah. I don't know how that works. <laughs> because he thinks he's a brand. Yeah. These fucking people, they think they're a brand. They don't remember to be yeah. people. So nothing about them is authentic. So the, the more they fucking move down that fucking weird, uncanny valley of losing their humanity in order to corporatize their fucking public self, the yeah. less fucking, you know, just honest or genuine they seem. Bye-bye, Milo. Bye-bye, dude. <laughs> Enjoy your weird sex-free life or whatever you're doing. It's not going to last forever. He's, he's going to find a new grift in two months to try to get back yep. in your feed. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. Free stuff is awesome, but uh, free stuff to spice up your bedroom is better. So, so why, uh, why not go to adamandeve.com, select almost any... What is it? 50, it's 50% off almost anyone item and then okay hi hey gary back from where what i was like on vacation for two months really why do you sound all reverby oh i don't know maybe because i died on vacation oh what that's all i get to know well you aren't really alive so i don't know how you dying would work it was very traumatic Ian. i could have been dead not dead for the rest of your life then what would you have done I mean, probably meet new people. And who would do the AdamandEve.com ads with you, Ian? Hmm? Speaking of which, how did the ad read ideas I left you with work out? Uh, good, uh, good. I may have taken a few, a few liberties. No, no they're great. I mean, they're great. <laughs> they're awesome. We don't listen, but they're great. Great. Hey, Ian, the internet in he uh, heaven isn't so good. What's the URL to AdamandEve.com? <laughs> yeah. No, what is it? Oh, AdamandEve.com. That's what I'm asking. I know. I just said it. No, that's a question. Yeah, I know. That's why I said adamandeve.com. Yeah, what's the URL? That is. That is what? The URL. Yes. Right. No. What? I'm asking for the URL. I just told you. No, you didn't. Gary, it's adamandeve.com. Just tell me. I swear. Do you do the ad reads? Of course. Then tell me the URL. adamandeve.com. Yes. That's it. 
That's not a URL. Yes, it is. The word that is not a URL. That's not what I said. Yes, it is. No, I said the URL, adamandeve.com. What is it? That. See? See what? You said that. I know. I want the URL. I just told you. You told me that. Yes. I don't want that. That is not a URL. I want the URL to adamandeve.com. Yes, that is it. Stop saying that. You asked for it. What is the URL to adamandeve.com? No, adamandeve.com is the URL of adamandeve.com. Are you telling me that adamandeve.com has the URL adamandeve.com? Yes. And that's the URL? Yes. To adamandeve.com? Yes. Now, this is the place where I select almost any one item and gift 50% off? Yes, of course. And then I get 10 tantalizing free gifts, a gift for me, a gift for them, a gift for us, and six free spicy movies? That's right. Plus free shipping? Yeah. And all I have to do is use code GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout at adamandeve.com? Yes. That's great. I know. Now, all I need is the URL I asked for. For fuck's sake. No, that's the name of our shortstop. Okay, now you've completely stolen the bit. It's adamandeve.com. That's what I'm telling you. Use code GLORY. And scene. Uh, I'm uh, glad you're back, Gary. Me too, but I'm still dead. <laughs> night, night. I unfriend you. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So we, we would be remiss. Speaking of people who just need some fucking attention and have gotten kicked off the social medias, this is, this so is the best this thing is so ever good. happened. The best it's thing so ever. Good. The best it's thing. It's so good, Tom. So Trump, uh, you, you don't hear from him anymore because he just, again, has no fucking bullhorn. So you can read the news and just be like, huh, huh I don't feel like throwing up right now. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's I can eat breakfast and read the news. It's deliciously Trump-free. Yeah, it's it's there's but been very little. He just like out of nowhere, apropos of fucking nothing, issued a press release written, by the way, exactly like a tweet in the same number exactly. of characters, right? Exactly. So exactly like a tweet. He, he sent out a, a fucking press release, I guess. I don't know if he still has pressers, but he sent out a press release that just says something to the effect of, hey, I just want to remind everybody as you're getting your vaccine that I made that happen. And if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't get your vaccine for five years. Yep. And it's the China virus. The China virus. And yeah. it's me. And you should all remember me. Me! Yeah. It's me. so pathetic. I am it's a civil so, servant. It's so <laughs> fucking pathetic. It's Ugh. more pathetic yep. than breaking up with someone in two months getting a you up. I mean, it's <laughs> it's more pathetic than yep. that, dude. Yeah. It's more pathetic than that. It's more pathetic yep. than I've been thinking about you a lot lately with your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> genuinely more yes. pathetic, man. This is more pathetic than like writing a song about how over her you are a year after you <laughs> broke up. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hundred percent more pathetic. Than that. It's so bad. Oh, it's, it's so bad. So it's bad. Just, it I want to so be bad. relevant. Yeah, well, I don't know. Be ex gay or whatever. <laughs> it's as pathetic as those guys that shoot that synthol into their muscles to make oh, them look yeah. huge. That it's looks that so nuts. It's that pathetic. Yep. Yep. It's that pathetic. Where you're just like so self conscious. You need to like. In, in, insert some weird shit into your muscles that makes you like sick and breaks your fucking skin open. It's that. It's that pathetic. Yeah. That you're uh, so insecure that you have to do something like that. I, I, I love that he issued this release. Nothing could have made him look worse. Like I really, yeah. who was like, oh, you know what? I, that's a good point. Nobody <laughs> is doing that. Everybody is making fun of you. The Twitter response what they did is, what I love too is they took his stupid fucking press release, then they screenshot it, 
Then they put it on Twitter where he can't even be. Yeah, we can't even see it. Yeah. Right. And then oh, Twitter's so just mocking the ever-loving shit out of him. So on his own platform, they are basically fucking his wife in front of him right now. <laughs> it's so well, I will say this. It is way more like if this tweet would have came out, you'd have been like, God, that's gross. You're such an asshole. Shut up. Yep. But when it's written on paper <laughs> and sent <laughs> out, it, it goes, it goes to a new level of Ugh. just. So pathetic and just, <laughs> uh, I don't even have words for how pathetic this is. Yes. I genuinely don't. I got to go on a thesaurus and look up what's more <laughs> pathetic than pathetic. This, the only thing that could render this more pathetic is if it was read out loud at Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have another Now. So this story comes from truthout.org. Pro-life Texas lawmaker introduces bill imposing death penalty for abortions. As a unsurprisingly Republican lawmaker in Texas introduced a bill that would make all abortions in the state illegal with the punishment being the death penalty for anyone performing or undergoing the medical procedure. <laughs> and Jesus I, Christ. I gotta say, you know what? I kind of weirdly support the introduction of this legislation, knowing two things. One, that it's unconstitutional and will not pass, right? So, and two, if these fucking idiots are really going to stand there and say abortion is murder, and they say that unironically, then I think taking it to this extreme level shows the absurdity of that argument. Right. Because people right. don't support this. Yeah. People do not, people do not in practice support treating abortion like murder. Nobody supports that. There is no public outcry or support of any statistical significance that supports treating yeah, it like murder. I mean, there's crazy people who think that, but there's not, right. it's, not, a, it's not a large swath. Yeah, there's yeah, not a, right. li a large swath that these right. people don't think that. Especially when they're cornered. Especially when they're cornered, Tom. When they get asked these questions, when they're, yeah. when, especially when they come up and they say, okay, so you think abortion is murder, should these people get the death penalty? And they immediately are just like, whoa, fuck, yeah. what the what? They stop. It stops them in their tracks. Yeah. So that's why I sort of think introducing legislation that's just this extreme is like, well, fuck. Now, I mean, I can't support that. Well, I don't know. You got a fucking sign that says it, yeah. you know, or you're standing yeah. next to a guy that does. Yep. You know? Yep. Or if it's not, then maybe your argument actually doesn't have any real fucking merit to it. You know, well, if you can't support this argument all the way through, if you can't walk your fucking chain of thoughts all the way fucking through, you don't believe it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to touch on, too, was because when we when you have this, we talk about this when it comes to Nazis. Right. What do you call uh, nine guys sitting at a table with one Nazi, 10 Nazis? You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like they're yeah. all they're 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 allowing that person to be around them. Right. And so the same thing goes here. If you're marching with these people, if these people are the ones who are representing your ideas, because you're a single issue voter, abortion voter, you're a right. single issue voter. Yep. So if these people are representing your ideas, you got to own this shit. You got to own this because it's on you. It's on you that these fuckers are in there proposing these fucking ludicrous rules that they know aren't going to pass, but probably fucking believe. This guy wouldn't, I don't think this guy would write this shit if he didn't fucking believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. There's there's not a reason for him to write it if he didn't believe it. He would write something more moderate, but he's not moderate. He's extreme. He's as extreme as you can get. 
So that's why I want I wanted to talk because I'm just like I'm fucking blown away because this is party. This is yours. Own it, man. Yep. Own this fucking guy. Yeah. He's yours. He's all pie. You guys, like you said, put it up. Let it, let's let's all talk about it. Bring yep. it as an into a national discussion. Yeah. But they they have done this wedge issue thing for years, and we talked about the uh, making liberal wedge issues before, and. I got, as much as I fucking hate this guy, you got to hand it to this guy for being as extreme as possible, right? That's one thing that I noticed that that liberals and leftists, I don't know what the fuck or whatever the difference is. I know somebody's going to send me a big long fucking diatribe on what the fucking difference between a liberal and a leftist is, but I really don't care. I know where I stand on certain issues. And so I, I, I don't feel like I need to fucking put myself in a, in a, but if you don't put category. yourself in a specific label, you won't. How would I, I, I guess judge I, you? I, yeah, I don't reach yeah, and I and yeah. I don't reach you because you clearly write off everything I say. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I think that the people on the left make a big mistake when they walk in expecting they don't even start at a position of negotiation, right? So what we do is we walk in and we'll say something like, "We want fifteen dollars an hour." Well, that's what we want. But we know they're going to negotiate with us. So just like when you up the price on a thing you're going to sell, like real estate, you up it because you know they're going to come in and negotiate with you. Right. We should be doing like this fucking guy and coming in hard-nosed on everything and then negotiating and getting what we really wanted in the first place, which was 15 We should come in and be like, $30 an hour. Right. Like $30 an hour. $30 an hour. Let's make it work. And then they get to a fucking negotiation point where they think they fucking beat you because they got 15 You wanted 15 the whole time. Fuck right. you, I wanted 15 but we don't, what we don't have is an understanding of how this works. It feels like they have a better understanding of how this politics stuff works. And they're, the base, their base loves them for it. It loves this guy for doing yep. this sort of thing. It loves them for that. We have a base that, you know, is uh, fucking look at what happened with the $15 an hour that tried to get tacked into this fucking last stimulus bill. Yep. Fucking people walking in and doing big thumbs down. I'm going to do a big like curtsy thumbs down in front of everybody like an asshole. And then you're going to have somebody else who's going to who's going to ham and haw and fucking tie it all up. Instead, we could be fucking like, I don't know, not meeting in the middle. Like we should be we should be trying to make sure that we're fucking fighting for this. It's important to us. Well, it's 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 actually it's it's, it's funny because when Obama tried to reach across the aisle when they, when they were working on uh, the Affordable Care Act. Affordable Care Act, yeah. Worked and worked and worked and worked. And as he did that, support for the Affordable Care Act during the course of that working with the Republicans, all it did was go down. Yep. Support across the board, all it did was go down. And all that working across the aisle did really for the Democrats was lessen the things that they were asking for. And when they ultimately passed it, they passed it on a party line vote anyway. So they were unable to secure <laughs> any Republican. Yeah. So yeah. all of that negotiating, all of that capitulation, all it did was slow the process down and make it eventually less than what they were trying to get done anyway. And they could have gotten done anyway without any Republican support. What the Democrats need to do is realize the Republicans play a zero-sum game on fucking everything. Yep. On yep. everything. Yep. That's it. They are not good faith actors. We just talked about this earlier with the with the stimulus bill that just passed. There are Republicans going out into their constituency taking credit. Yep. Oh, look what a great job. Congress is working for you. You're gonna get your fucking check in the mail in a couple of weeks. You voted against it. Yep. You voted against that check that you're taking credit for. They are not good faith actors. Do yep. not pretend that they are. Yeah. I don't know why we're I don't fuck it. Fuck the whole thing. 
break the fucking filibuster, do the things that we're going to do, recognize that, hey, we're going to eat some shit when they're in charge, so work your ass off to make them not in charge. That's yeah. it. They yeah. have a you losing ideology. You All work of their harder. platform positions are losers. We need to point that out. We need to fucking hammer them with their own failure constantly. The only thing they have is this particular, these two wedge issues that they have held on to with dear life, which is yep. guns and abortion. Yep. Those are the two things that they hold on to with dear life. And if, and if we can somehow reconcile those things and move past those things, I mean, I, I don't know why they keep saying the same things over and over about uh, uh, gun control because we haven't tried to do fuck all with gun control in decades. Yeah, well, they, decades. They, they they try to paint the Democrats as wanting gun control that none of the Democrats have ever put forth as a meaningful yeah. bill trying yeah. to get. The, the gun control measures that the Democrats support are overwhelmingly, to your point a week or two ago, overwhelmingly, po overwhelmingly popular. Yeah, popular. They're very popular. Abortion is overwhelmingly popular. Yeah, popular. In, the, in the general public. It's not, yep. it's not actually a controversial issue by the numbers. It's yeah. a controversial issue because it gets a tremendous amount of attention, right? Yeah. So they're able to, to put a big fucking neon sign on these two issues and blinkity, blinkity, blink them and get people scared, right? Because yep. they're scared of a vocal minority. We yep. need to become uh, responsive to the majority, whether they're vocal or not. We're listening to loud voices instead of listening to numerically significant voices. I think we got to stop that shit. And the worst part is, is that they never really tell the people that are supporting them that there's already laws in place that Roe v. Wade already mandates literally everything they've ever fought for. Like uh, right. Roe v. Wade already mandates that, you know, it, you can't do anything really in the first trimester, but the other two trimesters have, they are issues when you have to do that. And there, there has to be some sort of things that you have to go through in order to have the a, a procedure done. There are there are safety valves in place already for all the things you already want. What they talk about is these weird, rare exceptions that barely ever happen. And that's what they bring up. And yeah. they make it seem like every single woman is like sitting on an operating table, shooting the baby up in the air. And then somebody, the, the doctor yells pull and then shoots <laughs> it with a shotgun. Like, yep. it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they act, they, they paint the issue like women are having babies and they name them. And they fucking yeah. get the little footprints yeah. and everything. Exactly. And they swing it into a tree three hours yeah. later. And then they, yeah. And then yeah. they fucking, they, they, they yeet it with a catapult somewhere. <laughs> and then like, yeah, no, yeah. I, they named it. And then they had a college fund set up, but then they killed it. And that's, yeah. and that's on you. That's on you now public. And that, but it's, it's like, like most of the provisions that they already want are already in Roe v. Wade. It doesn't even make any sense. Well, because they're, again, I think they're capitulating to a vocal minority. Yeah. I think they're afraid of a vocal minority of people. I think we got to cut yeah. that shit out just because yeah. you're loud. I mean, if any, if, if anything has proven it to us, just because you're loud doesn't mean you matter. Fuck off doesn't mean go away. Fuck off means fuck off. And everybody feels what it means. Nobody can write it down. There is no English equivalent for fuck off because it is English, fuck off, you know? And English expressions don't have English equivalents. They fucking are, you know? <laughs> Here we are doing some solo roasts to clear the way for our amazing plans for Vulgarity for Charity 2021. We're going to leave you on the hook there. We're not going to tell you all about it, but we will soon. We hope in the next months coming up, we have plans for Vulgarity for Charity 2021 that we think is gonna, it's going to be an amazing year for Modest Needs and for this charity. 
and uh, we are super excited about it. But we want to get these cooking. Tom, Ben would like you to roast his coworker, Hector. Oh, good God. Ben, you can't make fun of guys like Hector. I, I mean that, actually. You can't poke fun at them. Guys like Hector are immune to criticism because they possess that singular level of ignorance that means they don't even have the basic personal <laughs> self-awareness to feel the proper amount of shame they should feel every day upon waking up. And, and they don't. They never do because even though the entire world sees them and gasps in open-mouthed wonder at how they can continue for even one more day... Hector? Ben, Hector's got no fucking clue. He's joyfully, impossibly, impermeably oblivious. And you, Ben, you are never going to shake him or dislodge him from this. So I'm afraid there's nothing I can do, Ben. You will move on in your life and Hector will stumble his way blindly, unironically eating his chicken nuggets with chopsticks <laughs> until one day one of them lodges in the big doofus's esophagus and the world spins gently on as if nothing happened because nothing did. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing. All right, Cecil Mitchell would like you to roast his friend Nick. <laughs> Nick looks like the final boss for a friend zone based video game. <laughs> that's kidding. great. <laughs> One where you have to do like a special move to knock off the heavy winter coat that he wears indoors so you could properly execute the cold <laughs> shoulder, you know? He looks like the host of the Softcore History oh, Podcast. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. N Natalie would like a signature roast, Tom, uh, of for the company president, Bob. Yeah, Bob looks fake. Like uncanny valley level fake, but... <laughs> That's not surprising because guys like Bob are fake. He's inauthentic. His refusal to be clued in properly to the actual world around him, that's not a bug. For him, that's a feature. It is the only way Bob knows how to navigate through a world richer and more complicated than he is. Bob has to invent a new story all the time, a simple story, a story with himself always at the center and with everyone else playing simple, easy to digest parts because he is himself simple. Bob is denying the reality of the truth of the world around him, not because he doesn't see it, Natalie, but because he doesn't understand it and it scares him. Fuck Bob. Leave that shitty job. Leave <laughs> shitty Bob. Leave him behind and leave him scared and small and you'll forget about him before you get out to the car. While you're at it, Tom, take a swipe at Catherine for Sheila. All right, Catherine is one of those people who see everyone around her as a tool to be used. She's a user and a coward and spectacularly, desperately insecure. But you know that. Catherine does too. That's why all her correspondence is passive-aggressive, Sheila. Because at the end of the day, Catherine is always afraid. She's terrified, not of the world or the people in it. Catherine is afraid of being seen. She thinks that as long as she can put on her little one-woman production, she's a half a step ahead of her own story. But she's not, and she knows it. Catherine wakes up every morning and looks in the mirror and has no idea who she is or who she wants to be. And so every hour of her day, she's putting on a new show, a pretense. She's as hollow as a shitty chocolate Easter bunny. And every time she steps out of the house, 100% of her attention is spent guarding against the very thing we all know. That Catherine doesn't matter. That she's never mattered. And that there is nothing to her and no woman behind the curtain. Okay, Cecil, how about roasting Andrew's ex-boss, William? 
It's rare that you get a roast request with a Department of Justice case link attached. Oh my God. That's very strange. Whoa. But let me start by saying just the picture. I've never seen a human that has a head, neck, and shoulders all the same width. I've never seen that. <laughs> He's like a human USB drive, Tom. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This guy was caught in a pay-to-play bribery scheme, which we're all too familiar here with in Chicago. And he wound up getting all his employees in the unemployment line. William, your experience skimming will definitely come in handy. Work at the prison soup line. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right. Cecil and Emmett's father-in-law, Joe. Ah, Joe. Nothing like blaming a self-diagnosed illness for being a shitty parent that can't take responsibility for your own terrible actions. His urban camouflage action wear is pretty apt since so many people would be happier if he went to the wrong part of town and disappeared. <laughs> Says a lot about a guy when he, the dead trophy fish he's lofting is he's more proud of him than his adult daughters are. So. <laughs> All right, well, this one is a twofer. I'll go first. Vince's friend, Jason. Okay. Jason lives in Des Moines. Oh. And is gross. raising children there. Grosser. I, I have no idea how you wake up in the morning and look over at your children and think to yourself, you know what? I'm responsible for the well-being of these people, and they have no one else to rely on other than me. I think I'll raise him here among the corn goblins <laughs> and without the benefit of culture or even a community that can properly read. I'm not saying Jason is a bad person, but I am saying that you uh, can't be a good father in Des Moines. <laughs> Holy shit. This photo of Jason and his beautiful family after his wife gave birth. He's so fucking out of his league here. They made him wear two visitor stickers on his chest so he doesn't get dragged out of the room as a serial harasser. <laughs> <laughs> and Cecil, how about this one? A cancer survivor, Patrick's sister-in-law's boyfriend. Okay, come on. No, he's not only a cancer survivor, Tom, but he, he, he wants all his gifts given to him to go to charities, like cancer charities. Jesus, what? Nice. Fuck you, Ned Flanders. Take a fucking stupid, useless $20 gift like the rest of us assholes who have to suffer through people pretending to know us using merchandise, you fucker. <laughs> Genuinely, though, this guy sounds awesome and I don't want to roast him, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom. Yes. Another requested tirade. Roast Richard's cousin's husband, Dan. All right. Well, Dan, Dan's one of those don't give a fuck guys. You know the type. Dan thinks he's right and he's got rights. So he's just going to do what he wants. And when, <laughs> and when what Dan wants is shitty and lacking decency, well, then that's suddenly your fault for, you know, also being. Dan's world revolves around Dan and only Dan. Except Dan isn't living in the actual world. And the sun doesn't rise and set on Dan. The world could give a shit about yet another two-bit dumbass like Dan. Dan is a type. <laughs> He's a type. He's an every man of irrelevance. At every moment, the minds of great and good men, of talented and kind men, every moment they render men like Dan obsolete. He is a dinosaur, a relic, a historical leftover. And I am comforted in knowing that Dan, like all the rest of his fucking type, don't matter. <laughs> Okay, let's do another uplifting roast here, Tom. Yeah. An evil stepfather roast Ron for David. Oh, God, this one actually, like, grabbed me. This was tough. David, 
I am so sorry you had such a shitty stepdad. I'm a stepdad. I'll say this about it. It's kind of a big honor and responsibility. It's different than being a biological dad. When you're a stepfather, someone chose you to come into the lives of their children. You didn't help make these kids. They weren't yours from the jump. So someone has to look at you and with intention, they have to trust you to live with and care for the people that they love the most and who are the most vulnerable people in their lives. And rather than seeing this incredible placing of faith as the honor and trust that it is, Ron fucking crumbled. He failed. He collapsed beneath the weight of the lightest thing that there is, love and trust. And rather than expand his family, Ron contracted it. And that sucks. But I can tell you this too from experience. I have not only been a stepdad, but I had a shitty stepdad. And you know what, David? All these fucking years later, after my life has moved on and I've grown up, I cannot for the fucking life of me remember his face. All right, Cecil, how about a photo bomber, Graham from Glasgow for Paul? <laughs> What? Graham! Yes! Uh, Tom, Graham yeah. looks like the kind of guy that takes you to a shitty casino for breakfast because he did that. He did. <laughs> he, did. he did do that. He did. And Eli had a panic attack and we had to go somewhere else and that really happened. <laughs> that genuinely he fucking... Did. Eli, Eli, I've never uh. seen Eli nervous in my entire life until that moment. <laughs> Literally, the next day, Eli and I did a fucking improv in front of a group of angry Edinburghists who wanted to kill <laughs> all of us. And Eli fucking... Eli ran the whole place. Yep. But when we were going to get fucking breakfast in a casino, Eli literally was shaking and looking around <laughs> as if he was the next to die. It was amazing. I've never seen him more out of his element and so nervous. It was the best. But anyway, that's Graham. Took us there that morning. That really happened. But Graham really is Glasgow's version of a guy who keeps trying to enter your circle of conversation, but nobody moves at all to accommodate him. So he keeps just kind of leaning his head over people's shoulders and throwing like comments into the group, except for he's Scottish. So you have no idea what he's saying. Anyway. So it's, it just rolls right off. Seriously though. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, yeah. that dude was great. Yep. He was wonderful. So was Brian Ego. And if I can ever in my lifetime, return the favor to either of you for showing you around a city and being so gracious, I will. I swear I will. And now hit uncle Ed for Alex. Okay. You cannot be homophobic and look like you're from that police academy scene at the Blue Oyster Bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, maybe you can, but you got to be a self-hating Christian. That's fair. Yeah. I got to say, though, settle down, Flint Fireforge. You look like a D&D &D dwarf <laughs> that grew up without a dad, so you had to learn how to braid your own beard through trial and error. Like, you had to watch YouTube videos of, like, the stepdad that everybody had to braid your beard. Okay, Tom. Now you need to use both barrels here. We have a ton of axes to roast and literally everybody wanted you for this. Everybody wanted <laughs> okay. you for this. We're going to get started with right. Angela, Jacob's ex-wife. All right. Angela is afraid of Murphy, Jacob. She's shit scared and she should be scared because what Murphy represents is an antidote to every poison that Angela sells. And Angela knows she's toxic and she knows it's only a matter of time that your daughter realizes this too, and sees that poison for what it is. When there's no point of comparison, it's hard to truly measure our situation, but Angela knows now that the jig is up. Your daughter will see you laugh and smile and see you and Murphy, and she will contrast that with the poison, Jacob, and she'll know. 
Angela is aware of all of this and all she can offer is stalling tactics and obstruction. Think about that. She is not fighting love with more and bigger love because she has none. She is bereft, Jacob, bereft <laughs> and afraid. And someday her stalling tactics will run out because while your daughter is a child now, your daughter will live out nearly all of her life as an adult and she will see past the mommy blinders, Jacob. And when Angela is found out and discovered, she will feel it. The crushing emptiness of her bitter failure. And as sweet as that is, Jacob, at that point, she will be so alone, so crushed, she'll know she squandered the easiest thing to keep in any life which is the love of your own child. <laughs> that was cheery. Okay, <laughs> Why Nicholas, do we do this? And for Nicholas, a <laughs> roast of his ex-boyfriend, Josh, okay? Right. Josh was never going to let you be yourself, Nicholas. Controlling people never want you to be yourself. They want you to be something for them. They want you to fill a void in them, patch a hole, fill a purpose. But Josh is all void and without purpose. And nothing anyone does will ever fix that. Because he is the broken one, Nicholas. He is the goods damaged beyond repair. Turn him loose into the world and watch from a removed and cold distance as he flounders. He has no home, no safe place, Nicholas. And without someone to control as his anchor point, he will always sink. These people ask for really uh, I know mean they, shit. Like, like they, they go out of your, yeah. they go out of the way. Like Tom, they, you should see the fucking <laughs> spreadsheet. It's literally like, like. By far, by far, the most requested roaster is you. And they're so mean. Every single one of them is the meanest thing. And they're always mean. And people are just like, no, man, I want that. That's, like, that's what I want. Cruelty. That's what I There's want. Some I, want hurt I want people out there. I want exactly. <laughs> I want unbound cruelty to the person who I don't like. Amazing. All right, Cecil, here's some exception for you. Roast James's ex-girlfriend Colleen's recent ex Josh. <laughs> What was I'm that? three levels down what in the I dream just read? I'm three levels down is in the, the dream. Is the top Tom. still spinning or oh, is it God, stop spinning? Oh, here we go. This guy looks like a pro wrestling version of Mike Hall from Skeptics with a K. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. He 100% looks like that. But not like a rip pro wrestler, like a dad broad pro wrestler, like mankind kind of. He looks like he might come off at the top rope at Colleen there, but that would be a little too sexually progressive. So, um... <laughs> You know, sometimes you can look at someone's eyes and you know they're going to be weird or boring or both. This guy's picture is that, but it also follows you around the room like a Scooby-Doo portrait. <laughs> it's weird, man. It's super weird. Okay, Tom, roast ex-husband Rick for Karen. All right, Karen. Rick doesn't have a deeper, more profound connection with anyone. If he did, he would just be happily enjoying that deeper, more profound connection <laughs> rather than telling you all about it. But the Ricks of this world keep on their exes as confidants, not because they want for you what real friends want. Rick doesn't confide in you because he values you. He confides in you to keep up a simulation of intimacy so that you, <laughs> so that you keep him in your mind, so that you give him the benefit of the doubt when he fucks up and he fucks you over so you forgive him like you would a friend. It's not honest. It's purposeful oversharing as a manipulative tactic to keep you engaged. So disengage, Karen, and let Rick fuck up whatever is next, and next, <laughs> and next, 
and next. Speaking of next, yeah. another roast. Uh-huh. Uh, this one is Abby for her ex-husband, Jake. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jake. I'm just... Fuck, man, I'm sorry. Because Abby sounds just... <laughs> I mean, horrible. <laughs> she really does. But here's the thing, Jake. Abby also sounds like Humpty Dumpty level broken. Like nobody, and I mean nobody, cheats as much as Abby and is okay inside. She's not okay. And Jake, that's not your fault. She was never going to be okay. She was never going to be faithful because people like Abby can't be. They are not capable of fidelity because they lack the parts of themselves that let them connect. They confuse motion with emotion because they are, again, Jake, they are broken. The world does not end well for Abby, Jake. It's not like she's got some golden, happy future in front of her. She's a fumbling, confused, and unhappy mess, and she will run every day, Jake. Abby will run from herself and never get away. <laughs> All right, Cecil. <laughs> These people give us really they intimate do. details they of their do. lives. Like, they I do. feel like I don't and, want to squander that. And, uh, right, and, it, and, and it's always horrifying. It's, it's so, always you horrifying. You read it, you're like, yeah. Well, that broke my heart but for I you. Always get, but I always get the ones that are just like, hey, make fun of my buddy. He's kind of cool. And then yeah, they'll right. show you a picture, and I'm like, well, fuck, man. He seems kind of <laughs> cool. It's easy when they're like, no, man, this guy literally cut my fa cut my face off and <laughs> right. wore it around the house. That's easy. <laughs> All right, Cecil. Here's the message we got from Kelsey. Hey, idiots. Please roast my ex-boyfriend and the guy I'm currently dating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a longtime idiot. listener of all your dumb fucking podcasts. I don't know. Seems like a pretty cool guy, Kelsey. He likes cheese. Sounds like he's got a good job in the tech field. He's the co-parent to your adoptive dog. You ever think you might be the fucking problem, Kelsey? Maybe you're <laughs> never fucking satisfied with something. Huh? You ever think of that? All right. Okay. I'm going to give it a shot. <clears throat> <clears throat> he looks like Jake Gyllenhaal after six hours in a makeup chair trying to win an Oscar playing a dumpy computer programmer who had a second part-time job as a guy who refills used panty vending machines. How's that? Is that, is that roast enough for so you? He seems, like a, he seems like a nice guy though, uh, you know? Anyway, all right. I think this is the penultimate one, Tom. All right. Dan wants a roast of his ex-wife, Beth. Dan, Beth is latched on to Wu to heal her. She's burning sage, man. She's consulting the tarot and she will never stop because nothing she tries is going to be the answer. She will bounce from one bullshit snake oil peddler to the next and the next, and none of it will heal her. None of it will tell her the story she wants to hear because Beth doesn't know what that story should be. No answers will ever be enough. She will be forever self-assuredly ill-content, Dan. And the best part of it is that she will never, ever be your fucking problem again. <laughs> great, great way to do it. All right, see, so this one's right up your alley. Leah wants you to roast her ex-husband, Michael, or as he's known in the SCA, Duke Master Moonwolf Starkertherson. Starkertherson? <laughs> Who cares? Whatever. Moonwolf? Moonwolf. Uh, no, I'm, I actually know this guy. Moonwolf is the Anthony Michael Hall character from 16 Candles, the one who gets the panties <laughs> from, uh, from the main character. He's a twitchy nerd who gets renowned from other twitchy nerds. And I know I'm part of that group too. I'm also a twitchy history nerd. 
The major difference is that I, I don't think the guy at the post office needs to call me your lordship. <laughs> it's all made up. <laughs> Moonwolf is a slightly more athletic nerd. That's it. Actually, I take that back. Moonwolf was a slightly more athletic nerd in 1978 when he was king of the mid-realm. <laughs> you know, he's getting super popular in the SCA as a singer, but I've never heard a single song. He's like Sea Shanty Nickelback. Sea <laughs> Shanty Nickelback. <laughs> I will say one good thing about his grace, his grace Moonwolf. Whenever I drew him in a tournament, I knew I was going to stay in the winner's bracket. 100%. <laughs> Suck on it, Moonwolf. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, this episode of, uh, of Vulgarity for Charity. We hope to do another couple big shows with the scathing guys soon to try to wrap all this up. And then once we do, we're going to spill our big news this summer, late summer, we hope, to talk to you about this upcoming year's Vulgarity for Charity, which we are very excited about. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, the King of Games, Lemon Stealing Horse, <laughs> Just Chris Please, Stinky Nuts, Path O'Trice, Silent Wolf 4771, Teresa, and the people who up their pledges, Cheryl, Avitas, and Jasmine. Thank you so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. If you're on the fence about becoming a patron, you guys get the full recording of our live stream to your podcast player through Patreon. So if we if you don't have time to watch the live stream, you can get it directly to your to your podcast player along with all the ad-free things that we record, all the all the shows we record that are ad-free, they all come to your podcast player too. And then if you want to, you can listen to Ian's ads. You don't have to. And so it's 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 really uh, convenient to get all those plays, all those in one stream, and you know we hope that you feel like you're getting something of value when when you get that. And we also hope that you'll donate just because the show costs a lot of money to run. <laughs> like Ian, Ian isn't cheap, and we have to rent a space, and we also have like all these other bills. And so your money goes to paying all that stuff, and we really do appreciate everybody who donates. So please consider becoming a patron today. Patreon.com/slash/dissonancepod or dissonancepod.com, and you can. Scroll Scroll down to the bottom and there's ways to become a patron at the bottom of the page. Got a little bit of email we want to talk about. Uh, we got a message. Uh, we did uh, we talked about on the stream today how you can walk away from your family and that's okay. We got a message from Debbie who said, I departed from my family years ago because bi people don't exist. So can I claim you as an uncle? I suspect you probably already have the how-to heretic guys as your uncle, but I'll be your other uncle. I'll be your uncle through marriage. How's that? Is that okay? Yeah, I, you can yeah. claim me as your uncle, but not on your taxes. I yeah. just, it, it, you know. It gets a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Tough on deductions. Don't get so, me audited. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. I don't need that. I always wanted an old black woman to be my aunt, though. I genuinely <laughs> always wanted like a, like someone who would just stick up for you when you needed somebody to stick up for you. I always wanted an old black woman to be my aunt. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got an image. This one's from uh, Kernan. And so this is a reference to the last episode of Citation Needed on the Mandela Effect. We're going to post it on our show notes because we don't really do that on the other show on Citation Needed. But, uh, but it's a reference to a joke that was made in that citation needed on the Mandela effect. Got an image from Patrick. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, he said, when you're talking about the St. Louis Archdiocese, 
this was all I could picture. Their new letterhead logo. So we'll post it on this week's show notes. You will identify it immediately as their letterhead logo. We want to thank Shu for joining us. Shu has become a patron recently and uh, sent us a nice message. So we want to thank you, Shu, for joining in and becoming a patron. Uh, we got a message from Leon and he says, uh, I wanted to send you guys, he says, watch the YouTube video about na- how Native Americans felt about bison man, Jake Angeli. Is that his name? Jake Angeli. And they mocked him. And this is one of his favorites. And he sent a picture and it is so it's fucking so delicious. We're going to post it on this week's show notes. Check it out. Um, it's how they were mocking the bison man. And we talked about bison man too. On we the did. So you check that stream out this week. Got a message from Jamie and Jamie said, the reason why people with the Q and there's a correlation between Q and Christian is because people, Christians follow Q because it validates their faith. And I think that's such a great, great idea and a way to put it because it really does. They talk about prophecy all the time and prophecy fits. This is another thing, another way that these things fit together. They are both prophetic, right? In one way, you have somebody leaking secrets in a way that feels like prophecy. And in the other way, you have these Christians who do the same thing. And then you have people who span both of the worlds, like that firefighter Taylor guy yeah. who talks yeah. about the prophecy. And then he talks about Q. Don't worry, Q's not done. I got a prophecy from the Lord that says Q's not done. So they, it, it fucking all rhymes, man. They all fit together so well. Yep. Yep. It's all perfectly, perfect jigsaw puzzles that fit together. True. Very true. So uh, that is going to wrap it up for this week. We want to let uh, we want to let you guys know to to join us on our streams. We say it every week, but we want you guys to join in. We think we have a lot of fun on these streams. They're very different from uh, the show, but they still have all the elements that make the show fun. So if you want to come check it out, uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, those shows live on in perpetuity after we finish them, but you can catch them live and you get a chance to interact with a whole crowd of people that are watching it with you. It's a lot of fun. People seem to really enjoy them. So come check them out. 9 p.m. Central time, Thursday night. And if you guys like Ian, Ian is a really a part of the stream. So if you're enjoying his yeah. ads, head over to the stream. He's really become like a dynamic part of the actual stream. He's a, he's a hoot to do this thing with. So it's an opportunity to interact with him as well. Yeah, Ian introduced us to this world, really. Yep. And so... Ian has become somebody who will sometimes dictate how the stream is going. He will he will take it in a direction. And so he's become a, a third member of the show. So it's it's a lot of fun yeah. and it's it's a, it's a really uh, sort of dynamic off the cuff stuff happens that's a lot of fun. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. If you like the show, I think you guys will really like it. But it is a little different, but it's a lot of fun. Uh and if you go to our YouTube page or whatever, subscribe to us on YouTube because we got, you know, we we have a so small number of people subscribed to us on YouTube, but we have a, a way bigger group of people that live, like a so much bigger group of people listen to our show than subscribe on YouTube. So go to YouTube, check out one of these streams. And while you're there, hit the, hit the like and subscribe button or whatever. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night infodocutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands. Bloody. Evidential. Conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.